Slice Audio. Ringing in the new year, or ending the shittiest year ever, whichever you prefer. Welcome back to Book of Murdoch. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy, what else? Is it Happy Kwanzaa? Merry Kwanzaa? Whatever the Kwanzaa is. I'm so white. I mean, I don't fucking know. Um, or and if you're just an atheist, enjoy the presents. Whatever, whatever's your thing. Uh, Merry whatever. Ha- you know, I've started saying Happy Christmas like the British do. I genuinely like it. I think I'm just going to switch to Happy Christmas full time. I put it in all the cards, I think. And all my email salutations. It's just Happy Christmas. I just like it better. There's no particular reason. It's just flow. I talk for a living. I like saying it better. Regardless, Happy Christmas. I hope you got everything you wanted in a year um, like this, sometimes just getting here is good enough, my friends. Uh, I saw that on a meme on social media and just said it out loud like I just claimed it for myself to make myself look like I'm smart and caring about you. I mean, I mean it. I just didn't write it. It's that atmosphere line. Remember when you said it, even if you meant it in the edit? Uh, Smart Went Crazy. That's the name of that song. I'll throw that on the Murdoch Jones Spotify playlist. Uh, let's start here. Give me some follows. I could use, uh, I want to, I want to gain some, I've been, so here's like, let's start here. I've been thinking a lot about this show and someone recently asked me who is close enough to ask me some blunt questions, you know, like, what are you really trying to do with this thing? Are you just, you know. Like, I get that it was fun during the pandemic, but that's going to end. Like, what's your plan here? Do you want to do it, or are you just doing it? And it's, you know, at first it's just, I'm just doing it. I'm doing it to be the most famous person in El Sister, South Dakota, for the gag. But I really started thinking about and this is, and I, and like, I get how this is going to sound. Like, there's a lot of podcasts out there, right? There's like a million podcasts out there. And a million more are going to get created in the next year, if not more. Everyone's got a podcast. It's the new going to therapy. But here's the thing. They're almost all going to fucking suck. They're just mostly going to be terrible. And the realities of being a podcaster when you are not like a mega celebrity, like, you know, right now I'm not quite yet regional magician famous, right? So, like, the reality of it is, well, you know, only Joe Rogan makes Joe Rogan money. But, like, that's not really the the money's not the thing. But I did kind of decide this, and I know how this sounds, but like you people are in, this is, what is this, episode 28 now? You're hanging in. I feel like as long as you just keep making, like this is the theory. This is my hypothesis to you. As long as every week or so I keep pumping out an episode no matter what, I feel like I'm so good at this, eventually it'll just rise to the level of some, you know, pretty decent success. Which, like, I get, fuck me for saying that and thinking that, right? That's me, though. I actually think this. I genuinely think that I'm just, as long as I just keep yapping into this microphone, I'm good enough to kind of make it in a in some sort of very loose definition of make it. Isn't that insane to think that? Like, to genuinely think that. That's what Dave Diamond did to you when he was your professor. 
I just genuinely assume I can just I'm good enough to do this till it'll matter. So that's where I where I'm. I don't. It's not a New Year's resolution. I don't really believe in those. They're stupid. But like, after long thought about what the goals of this thing could be, I decided, well, it can be pretty fucking good. And so that's you know, that's it's no longer just trying to be the most famous person in Elsesser. I feel like that's too low of a goal. Aim higher. Nothing wrong with that. That's genuinely a fine place to land. And like, if it doesn't happen, I'm not heartbroken. But I just, that's, that's, if I could have revised my answer to my friend, that's what I would have said. Because what I did say was just kind of made a joke about it, just to move on to the conversation, to not have the actual conversation about it. But then it's, it's crazy December. We're supposed to be really checking in with ourselves. And that's kind of what I did. In typical podcast host fashion, I genuinely made it about myself. <clears throat> because, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, let's throw some thanks to the sponsors. Save a boatload on your next all-inclusive vacation. Do you want to be that big fat slob or you just go down, sit on the beach and they just bring you food and drinks and you don't have to make any decisions and you can read or not. You just don't, you can just drink, play cards if you want. Once in a while, those vacations are good for you. I think if you would like to save a fuckload of money on it, go to uh, murdochjones.com. Probably shouldn't have said fucking the ad read, huh? I'm not reading anything though. I'm just going. I don't, I didn't, I've. I don't even, I'm supposed to log into the thing and read the screen, but like, just trust me, man. Like, you'll save a boatload of money. Is it going to be the best vacation you've ever had? No, it's not because you're saving a boatload of money. But right now, you're saving a boatload of money, like thousands upon thousands, and it's pretty safe. At least, uh, at least the vaccine will be a coming too. So, like, book now, travel later would be my position on it. Um, and then, uh, we're happy to have Onnit as a sponsor. Go to Onnit, O N N I T. Oh, shit, this one I better actually read. Sorry. Sorry on it. I don't have this one memorized yet like I do the other one. Okay, go to onit.com, which is O-N-N-I-T.com slash Murdoch, M-U-R-D-O-C. If you go there, you save uh, 15% off your first order, uh, and you get to sign up for a bunch of exclusive deals, uh, and then I can sometimes throw you some extra deals. And if you're new to the whole Onnit scene, um, Right now, it's January, right? Like, right now, you need to be worried about not being so fat because fat season's over, and we're going to get to that shortly. So if there's a bunch of products on here that can help you with that. You want to improve your mood. You want to set a, like, a not, a not a New Year's resolution, but, like, do you have some goals? Less fat, better at work, some better mental focus, better whatever. If you don't want any of that, they've got apparel. Go buy something, T-Rex Arms. Support the show a little bit. Um... I use the Alpha Brain. I, I use it to help. I have terrible, 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 terrible memory, and so I use it to help support my memory and and and, and helps with my focus through the nootropic called Alpha Brain. That's what I use. Um, on it. dot com slash Murdoch. Let's get into the show. So <laughs> let's start. Let's start with some weekly bitching about social media like the old cranky man i'm genuinely becoming seeing a lot of engagements on social media this week seeing a lot of real happy faces and real shiny rings like oh boy it just 
I I understand it is because of where I am in my age and life right now. But blech, I see every one of them and they just I'm like, "Oh my god, you are a, you are you look like children." But like that's how old I'm becoming. I'm noticing these young child brides are <laughs> flaunting their fucking engagement rings on social media and it's oh my god, it just are you sure? Take a minute. I officiated a guy's wedding once and right before the wedding started, I thought maybe because nobody else had asked, I, you know, hey, you want to get out of here? Like, it might seem like you can't, but you do have options. And I don't mean that because I was rooting for it, but I genuinely mean that as like, you know, that's an option. It's not the end of the world. I mean, there are way better ways to do it, and I'm not saying you deserve an award for it, but like, you know, you still have a choice. That's why it's called a shotgun wedding when you don't have a choice. <laughs> no, I don't mean that at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm happy for everybody, but like, I also genuinely think this. I do. This is my theory. I'm not shitting on marriage. I'm not shitting on love. I'm shitting on marriage a little, but I, I'm, I, I'm not shitting on love at all. Love, love. But I genuinely think this. A lot of those dudes are just bad at coming up with Christmas presents. And so, and so guys like me, who are pretty half-decent at advertising, get, you know, things thrown in front of your face to get you to buy some. Unfortunately, some of those are life-altering decisions like an engagement ring. I don't feel guilty about it for one second. It's not my fault they are bad. I'm not, before you, by the way, some of you know me that listen to this. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just, you know, this is this is meant towards nobody I actually know. This is just a general hypothesis. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm, I have to be guessing on a number, but I'll guess a third of dudes could really take or leave the engagement, but, just, and like, it's not like they're not excited to be engaged and they actually wanted to buy the ring and pop the question, the whole deal. But if they, I, I swear to God, I genuinely think if a third of men could have come up with a better Christmas present idea that had some thoughtfulness to it than an engagement ring, they would not be engaged on January 1st, 2021. Also, don't propose on New Year's. Could you be more bull? It's just so boring. Just I like I don't I don't know where the cutoff line of of um young adult men that want to listen to this show is. Like I'm sure I there's a like I've got a level of relatability and cool and and once you go down, it's certainly older than my children who think I'm the worst. But like so they're 18. So somewhere between like 18 and I bet you I can get into the 20s a little bit. There's that, that line of mattering to you folks. So I don't think I'm reaching a lot of these younger dudes. But, like, you you need, a, you need some help. Someone needs to – you can't – you don't know it because you can't see it because you're an idiot. And that's, not, that's testosterone's fault and not enough life experience and a little bit you. But, like, I feel like 
just hear me out and listen to this show over a few episodes, I can keep you from making some incredibly costly decisions like buying an engagement ring when you were just not really feeling it one way or the other. You just couldn't think of it was either that or the or that teddy bear thing with the lingerie in it. And you know she's not going to like that. And and you can't get her a washer yet. And <laughs> and so it's like, well, fuck it. I'll go buy an engagement ring. I used to sell. Maybe this is why I feel this way to defend my stance on this is not about love. I I worked as when I was oh my god, I was a kid. I was 18. When I was 18 might have even been 17. No, I was 18. When I was 18, I sold diamond solitaire rings at in the mall in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And like you know, we make our nut off suckers like these dudes. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you gonna what am I gonna not sell you the deal? Like who's shittier? I was gonna relate this to like televangelists, but this is immediately a bad analogy because being a televangelist is way worse. But like I'm an eighteen year old kid. I'm looking for some beer money. I'm literally selling you a seventy five hundred dollar ring in a sixty seven dollar suit with hemp necklace on underneath my suit and like that commission man that's a lot of beer money for a young fellow like me oh my god i thought i was so cool in that suit it was like my first suit that i went and got on my own i look i I, man i gotta find a picture and put it up online i'm sure i look like an idiot it was in like an olive colored (laughs) suit I remember the suit in my head. I, oh, my, it meant so much to me. I just thought I was so cool. Because, like, you know, oh, man, I was the guy from Fashionably Male without all the rapey stuff. Like, I thought I was a badass because I was, you know, I was wearing a suit to my job at the mall. I only went and got the job because my mom thought I couldn't get it. Because I was sitting, she worked at the same school, college I went to, and I'm sitting in the lobby talking about getting a part-time job and i'm like well you know i could go sell diamond rings and and she's like you can't do that shit i can't i'll show you went and bought a 60 something dollar suit i was selling diamond rings two weeks later but you know i can like i'll say this it's not it's not a that was not a that's not a job you can do forever and feel good about yourself i don't think at least me but it did teach me you know Guy walks in who couldn't think of a better Christmas present. That guy is paying my rent next month. <laughs> that is not my fault. Uh, if someone wanted to pay me the same amount of commission to see if he wanted to have a reasonable discussion about whether he should or not, nobody was hiring me for that job. Um, Congrats is what I meant to say on your um, upcoming nuptials. <laughs> I'm really happy for you all. <laughs> Well, I know that's what everybody's supposed to say. Oh, congratulations. And that's what I would absolutely say to you in person. Oh, congratulations. But, you know, that's not life. Um, Speaking of you, okay. Speaking of you, let's have a conversation here. Earlier I was talking to you young gentlemen about whether or not you should get engagements. I feel like... You can lean on me for some, you know, things to do and not to do. If I can help any of you young men, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, stay men yet still be 
empathetic and like, you know, let me pull you out of whatever. Not in a therapist way, but like there's some rules I'd like to establish on this show. And I and I and and I feel like they're lost these 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 rules. They're not rules, guidelines, loose structures if you will on on some things I see slipping. And not all of this is bad. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not averse to change. I love change. I love disruption. But like there are some things we should remember and hold on to, young fellas. And and I'd like to throw them out here from time to time about just, you know, how to be better. Because you can be better. I'll start here. Quit using straws in your alcoholic drinks. What what are you doing? Why? Stop it. You look like an idiot. All 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 there's no reason. You can have a straw. Here's the rule. You can have a straw in your alcoholic drink unless it's a rock drink. A rock drink then it's your preference. You can have a little tiny twister straw um or 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 no straw, but you can't have like a straw straw in a rocks glass. In a cocktail glass, I think a straw is required, but you can't use it. You need a straw in the glass and you can fold it over and you can stir your drink, et cetera, et cetera. But you shouldn't be using the straw. The only time it is acceptable for a man to use a straw is on let's list it out. I'm fucking serious here. Like hear me out. You can use a straw in fast food drive throughs children's birthday parties, medical reasons, and that is it. Stop putting a straw on your drink at the bar. You look like a schmuck. There's just, there's, there, it's just, you know, there's a way to do things. A straw on your drink, using the straw in the drink. Have all the straws in the drinks you want. In fact, oftentimes you, you, you need it. You need, like if you're drinking an old-fashioned, you need a little stir stick or a straw. But don't be drinking out of the straw. Then you, like, because then you're engaged in conversation and you hold your drink up to your mouth and you don't want to break your eye contact because you're having a conversation. So you go down to use the straw and you can't find it. And you got to do that, like, when a horse is trying to eat oats out of your hand movement with your lips and you look like a dumbass. There's a way to do things. And there's very few times where you get to use a straw. That's all my old man advice for young children, I think. Not children. Young uh, uh, adult, adult, young adults. Young adult males. I don't know what it's, I don't know what you're supposed to do to be a young adult female. Don't listen to young adult males. <laughs> um... Okay, let's do, so I'm getting some, I'm getting some tea shame I'd like to address. Uh, once again, I'm going to defend the teas. Try it with me. Why don't you, I'm not saying you got to quit your coffee cold turkey. Like I can't, I, even I can't quit coffee cold turkey. I had a cup last week. But like, I bet I don't have more than two or three cups of coffee in the month of January. I feel better. I sleep better. You should try it. Switch to tea. On top of that, I'm also, outside of the ritual of coffee, I'm getting a lot of, here's, I'm getting, I'm getting less tea shame than I'm getting pro-coffee arguments. Everyone's really dug in here on their sides, and I get that. 
And I will give you coffee drinkers this. There is something to you get up in the morning and that smell of the thing, you know, and it really kind of there's a whole ritual deal to it. And I'm telling you, I have this same ritual. You get the tea kettle cooking and you kind of go to your selection of teas and you can smell a couple to see which one you kind of want to drink. And it's it's the, I'm t- it's the same effect. The smell is different. I have the same, not nostalgic, but like, you know what I mean? I So I feel like I've addressed this. And the only argument you have is just that you like it better, but you haven't tried it my way. I feel like I'm a sales rep for fucking Tazo all of a sudden. By the way, I'm drinking a Tazo refreshment herbal peppermint tea this afternoon. There I'm getting, there's the other, that is the tea shame I'm getting. Some herbal tea sh- uh, shade getting thrown on my way at MurdochJones.com. Feel free. I love it. Collect it all. Ooh, I finally, um, speaking of being interactive on the website, I got to write this down. We gotta, I want to get through this. We'll talk about this at the end. I'm going to change the way we all interact to make it a lot easier for everybody. And I would edit all this out, but I'm going to be too lazy today. Um, all right. So a couple of propositions for you and this is where i can use your interactivity feel free to weigh in via email go to murdochjones.com or book a murdoch at gmail i think what it is um okay so like i have some questions i have some propositions i don't know if i know the answers to these i welcome your input the kilt the kilt is in danger of being a pervy thing, I feel. We're really jumping topics here. Just you gotta just like if you want to hit pause, you want to stretch, <laughs> pour a cup of tea. Like I'm completely changing topics. The kilt is is I've heard references to the kilt being described as people who wear them are also um, either pervs or creeps, and I, and I feel like that's not true. I feel like I can defend the kilt wearer. But I don't know a lot of kilt wearers other than one. I have D-Ray here who works at Home Slice. He, wore, he rocks a kilt all the time. This is why I'm defending him. I'm defending my friend D-Ray and his kilt wearing. I should bring him in for this. Or maybe we should just can be a radio discussion on his show. I feel like the kilt needs to be defended and brought back. And, and we need some kilt wearers who are not pervs or creeps. Because there's a rich tradition to the kilt, if you know anything about the kilt. First off, I don't really know anything about the kilt. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, really. <laughs> I'm just kind of locked into a position and dying on it. Okay, let's learn about the kilt, shall we? Oh, this is, you know what? I've been wanting to start a new bit called Let's Learn Something New. And so, well, it's not really a new bit. We tried to do this earlier in the series, but this is that was back when no one was listening to the fucking thing. Okay, so learn something new. Here you go. The kilt. Let's defend the kilt a little bit here as Americans. It's, uh, it's Scottish. It's from the Scottish Highlands. It's a type of knee-length, non-bifurcated... What the fuck's a non-bifurcated skirt? Oh, man, we got to Google. Learning, learning things takes reading. Non-bifurcated is not bifurcated. I know what not... What's bifurcate mean? Uh, this is the problem of being kind of dumb. 
bifurcated. Bifurcated is a verb from bifurcate, meaning, oh, like two forked, okay. So non-bifurcated is not a two forked skirt with pleats at the back. I don't know what that, who the fucking cares? Why am I digging this far deep into it? It's just, it's Scottish. <laughs> You can tell me what, what all the stitching means. I don't give a shit about that. So, like, okay, it's it's in the recorded in the 16th century, 16th century as the Great Kilt. And then since the 19th century, it's become associated with the wider culture of Scotland and more broadly with the uh, Gaelic or Celtic heritage. So a little bit of Ireland in there. Um... What are we trying to figure out here? Why am I on the Wikipedia page? Like, I'm going to tell me if perverts wear this thing. <laughs> but, like, they're kind of unique. And, like, the, all the construction that goes into them that differentiate them from other kilts, like with the horse feathers, not horse feathers, bird feathers and horse hair and different types of flannel or plaid or whatever that's called. And, like... There's kind of a badass tradition to them all. Then you do the big socks and the and the somehow you wear a tux jacket on top and it looks good. I'm kind of into it. Here's what I think's happened. If you go back a few episodes and listen to the redneck pendulum theory, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. The kilt pendulum theory is as follows. Perhaps too many douches and dare I say pervs and creeps have been wearing the kilt and taking ownership. The pendulum is swaying way too far. Swung, sorry. I'm trying to get better on my grammar because I've re-listened to these episodes and I feel like I'm just an idiot, but you know, we're working on it together. But like, so if you have a kilt and you're not a creep, I, you know, maybe not in January, but like dust that thing off, fella, put it on, wear it. I don't know if I have kilt. I have very skinny chicken legs. I don't believe I can wear a kilt. But, you know, tis the season for a new year. Let's get in kilt leg shape. Get get some, do some calves, calf lifting. I should ask my, hold on, hold on. We're going to find out here live. I'm going to ask my workout friends who still train MMA. I'm just friends with them still. I don't really roll anymore. Uh, MMA is a stretch. Jiu-Jitsu is a better way to put it. Okay, these honest assholes are going to tell me exactly what we need to know. Do I have the legs for a kilt? Let's give those monsters a few minutes to answer. <laughs> That's how you know, by the way. This is a sign of actual friends. I mean that question, and they are going to be very honest. Either way, my meaning... Those are going to be some jokes no matter what. But, like, if they actually think so, they will say, ah, yeah, you could rock a kilt. No problem. Maybe go to the tanning booth a little bit, which I understand. But, like, if I don't, they'll say so. With the jokes, of course. This is the ultimate problem I have with Donald Trump. He doesn't have any friends who will tell him that he can't wear kilts. I don't trust that guy as a leader. You need somebody who can sit you down and tell you to knock that shit the fuck off because you're over your skis. And I don't think he has that person. Let's see, yep, less than a half hour into my first Trump reference. <laughs> okay. 
So the kilt can come back, I think. I feel like we need to defend the kilt. But I do leave it up to you. Go to MurdochJones.com. Perhaps the ship has sailed. Perhaps the kilt is lost until the next generation. Perhaps all the creeps need to die off, and then one day, 40 years from now, some hipster from Brooklyn is going to decide the kilt is the next thing. And, like, that's how long we got to wait. Time will tell, I guess. Non-bifurcated. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, okay, so that's one of two things that I'm wondering about lately. The other one, I have some homework for you. Between now and the next episode, watch the first Austin Powers, and I will watch it with you. I'm wondering if they hold up. If the first one stays funny, I'll keep watching two through eight or however the fuck many they made. But, like, I'm genuinely wondering if they hold up. I've been watching some of these older comedies, and, ooh, boy, some of them don't. Some of them are tragically bad. Some of the movies in the 90s that I thought were hilarious, it turns out they were not funny. Uh, That extends to the 2000s. I don't feel like I'm going to think that way in another 10 years, but who knows? So let's watch Austin Powers. Let's see if it's uh, still worth worth the giggles. What happened to Mike Myers? Mike Myers, a Canadian British actor. Oh my God. Very good in Inglorious Bastards. That was a great role. I mean, I know he was in it for six seconds, but what's he doing lately here? He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that's right. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um That's and that's eighteen, man. That's it. He's been taking a couple years off. Did he retire? Phone's ringing, sorry. We'll call that person back. Um, April 2019, Hollywood Reporter reported that Myers will be starring and executive producing a comedy series on Netflix. Uh, well, okay. Well, he just got held up because of the COVID. It's not like he has to do anything, by the way. After you get that, uh, that Shrek money, that Shrek money, man, like you can buy an island with Shrek money. You don't have to go. You don't, you no longer, you'll never have to take a meeting. You never ever have, like meetings come to you now. After like Shrek money is ridiculous. Shrek money is not Wayne's World money, and like Shrek Austin Powers money, and there's like nine of them fucking things. Isn't even close to Shrek money. Shrek money, that Disney cash. Oh boy, Dreams Work animated money is is that's that's go buy an island. And, like, good thing you're a good person. Otherwise, you turn into Jeffrey Epstein money. I mean, I don't know if he's a good person. It seems like Mike Myers is a pretty good person, though, right? Oh, speaking of actors, it's been a... I was Man, we should have done an episode last week. So Tom Cruise, like, lost his mind, right? I've got to tell you, I'm on Tom Cruise's side. Tom Cruise is like... I bet you I've never met Tom Cruise a day in my life. And I think all that Scientology shit is over the moon, right? But, like, whatever. I... Tom Cruise strikes me as somebody who will do everything possible, no matter what the cost and what the extent and what the stunt to like, make sure everybody can have jobs. And like, I bet he was just dealing with everybody's, Oh my God, I can't get to the thing because my kids got a whatever. And now there's the deal and he's got to pay for it. And all he's trying to do is make a fucking mission impossible movie or whatever he's shooting. And like, there's some, 
fat asshole at the at the craft table just touching all the donuts and what or whatever made him flip out and tom cruise loses his mind and like yeah it's funny and all that because he's tom cruise but like i gotta tell you man every inch of me is on tom cruise's side on this deal you give tom cruise a break not for all the weirdo scientology stuff but like I don't I think if any of us day in and day out people had had I can't believe I'm about to say this. Oh, I'm going hard defending Tom Cruise here. I'll bet you when Tom Cruise has to make a movie cuz it's like his show. Cuz when you do a deal with Tom Cruise, you got to work with all the Scientology people. They got their own banks and everything, man. So it's like his deal. He's the captain of the he's the he's the Captain Kangaroo over there or whatever the whatever the I don't know what the levels are in Scientology. Let's just assume Captain Kangaroo is like an admiral of some sort. But it's his show, Elias, right? Like, he's the paraphernalia. He's got to make him an offer he can't refuse. And, like, I bet when they're making a movie, I bet he's up at, like, 3 in the morning answering all the things and answering all the emails and doing all the producer stuff and doing all the director stuff. And then he's such a lunatic. He's got to work with all the stunt director stuff. And then he's got to go ride his motorcycle. Then he's got to pray to Zanu or whatever the Scientology thing is. Like, he's certainly busier than you and I. That's a dedicated man. All he's trying to do is make a movie and get people, you know, employed. Do you think this is a money grab? Tom Cruise already has his island money. He made a deal with the Scientologists. They get free islands wherever they go. I'm hardcore on Tom Cruise's side on that. I think the lazy joke was to make fun of Tom Cruise. And I <laughs> and I honestly think that. It was, a, I don't know. Because Christian Bale already did it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know why I'm defending him so hard. I don't particularly care for. I mean, I like Tom Cruise movies. I'm a little excited for the Top Gun movie. Oh, maybe that's the deal. They were probably making the Top Gun movie. Like, I assume it's going to half suck. I am interested to see what they're going to try to make Val Kilmer look like. Have you seen Val Kilmer recently? And I don't mean this to be an asshole at all because, like, Val Kilmer seems like a pretty cool dude. But, hoofta, the there is the in the '90s when men were trying to ha do these plastic surgeries. It was fucking not working out, man. It's it's not a it's it's not good. <laughs> but like I get why you do it cuz like you're the, you know, you got to stay young and you got to you be the hip, you know, they're putting him in Batman movies and shit. You got to jam a bunch of plastic in your face to get the Batman movie. I listen, no faults. I'd have probably done it. But now he just looks like he's constantly being stung by bees and he's always wearing that weirdo Southwest jewelry. It's just it's, I mean, he's probably really happy, though. He's probably just being weird. You know, he's rich enough to kind of just wear all the goofy jewelry, just live in the desert, go to Joshua Tree, just be weird. All right, good for you, Val. Stop getting them procedures, though, man. Nothing, nothing's, nothing good's going to come from this. If you get some John Travolta-like, you know, comeback deal, don't, don't keep jamming shit in your face, Mr. Kilmer. If anyone wants to send this to him. <laughs> Don't send it to Tom, though, because I said mean things about Scientologists. Um, give a fuck. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, speaking of movies, I watched... My back is just killing me because it's fat season. Fat season's got to be over. We're going to talk about that next. And, like, I've just been eating like a pig. I have not been listening to my own vice on this podcast. Just the holidays got away from me. But, like, I'm not, you know, it didn't get outrageously. I got a little north of 250 on the scale, and that's too much. And my back is like, you're too fat. Quit being so fat. 
And so, you know, back to yoga, back to stretching better, back to eating better. It's already working. But, like, fat season's got to be over. <laughs> the reason I watched this movie last night is why fat season needs to be over. I couldn't sleep. My back hurt. So I was up, just couldn't sleep. And I watched this documentary about Quentin Tarantino's first eight films. And it's called, is it called, I think it's called QT8. QT8. Yeah. QT8, the first eight. It came out in 2019. And it's, I mean, it's just a real fluffy piece about um, Quentin Tarantino. I think it ended up kind of half being a promo video for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it kind of goes through his first eight movies. Um, actually, it's more than just eight movies. And it's got it's got a ton of great people in it. Sam Jackson's in it. All the people that were in his movies from, like, Lucy Liu and Jamie Foxx and Christopher Waltz and Kurt Russell and Sam Jackson and Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee and um, oh, Michael Madsen's got – Michael Madsen, man. Michael Madsen's got this part in there that just makes you cry. I was crying last night at, like, 3.30 in the morning – Watching Michael Madsen, who talks like this, give thanks to his entire career to Quentin Tarantino. It's, and he got, real, he got real emotional for a second. You know, when, like, tough old guys start to cry a little bit, man, there's nothing that makes me cry harder than tough old guys crying, dude. Michael Madsen starts crying on this thing. I was hooked. It's a great documentary. Um, and just really interesting kind of how he got through his started and how he got a distributor. And it's really interesting because Quentin Tarantino is tied to the Weinstein company and Harvey Weinstein is an awful, awful, evil, evil piece of shit. And so they kind of talk about that a little bit. It's pretty fascinating. Check it out. If you can't sleep like me cause your back hurt cause you got too fat. QT eight. It's on what the fuck is it on HBO stars. It's on one of the movie things. I don't know. It's four bucks. It's worth the rental on whatever you like to rent from. Um, what else do we want to do here? Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Fat season's over. Okay. So like, you know, we all got a little fat during the holidays. I myself got like, I think, I think it, I want to say like right after Christmas, it was two fifty four. It was just, and like I was two thirty. What was I? What did I get down to? Two thirty. I think I saw two thirty nine once. Like around Thanksgiving. So like not that far away. Holy shit, I can gain weight fast. So fat season's got to be over if you're like me. January, we're back to self-care January. No resolutions. That's bullshit. Just, you know, half as much, half as often. Get back to what you were doing. Don't make some big declaration. You don't need to talk about it on social media. Just, I'm mostly talking to myself when I'm saying this, so I'm not lecturing you. This is what I have to remind myself. You don't need to make a big production out of it. Just do it. My twins were fighting a couple weeks ago. They're such good boys. They're just great boys. I got real lucky. But, you know, they're twin brothers, and they're teenagers, so they fight. <laughs> and, they, you know, they got a little heated verbally out in the front lawn a little bit, and, and, and some threats were made. And, like, so, you know, back to there's a way things are done. If you're going to, first off, don't get in a fight. Don't ever get in a fight. Don't ever throw a punch. There's no reason to. Nobody wins. It's absolutely stupid. And, you and like, people who know how to fight and learn how to fight understand this. You just don't. There's no need. But, you know, 
If you're going to punch your brother in the face, just punch your brother in the face. Don't make a production about punching your brother in the face. So if, 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 you do, if it does need to lead to it, you should skip the pageantry. I think you'll find your, um, less people will make fun of you about it later. But ultimately, don't do it at all. There's your New Year's um, lectures. So just like that season being over, you know, we don't need to make a big production out of it. Let's just, you know, get to it. <laughs> well, we need a name. We had, well, it was Self-Care September. It was Bendy November. It was Crazy December. Sober October. Forgot about Sober October. January needs to be, what's January need to be? Something about self, something about, you know, you just got, I'm getting into, I'm, it's another self-care month, man. I'm getting, like, I bought eye cream. I'm getting into, I'm getting into the, the, I guess the spa products, or is that what we're going to call it? I don't know the names of the things. But, you know, I'm just, you get to the age where you're going to start to look at the back nine and my bags under my eyes are starting to look, you know, fucking old. So I got some eye cream. Got eye cream, got the Rogaine, got a whole little deal. Put some, I put face lotion on. I have face lotion. Like a real grown-up. I'm, and I'm telling you, it's the way to go. I'm not saying you got to buy all the 47 things. You can get by with some, like, good gold bond lotion and, you know, minimal products. You don't need to buy eye cream. You don't have to go all the way with me. But, like, you don't have to shit talk the eye cream either. I can hear some of you right now. Right now, some of you already grabbed your phones out. You were going to give me a little shit. You were going to go to MurdochJones.com, and you are going to give me shit about my eye cream. Well, let me tell you, fella. Feel free. It ain't going to stop me. Try yourself some eye cream. I'm not, I don't even know if it's good eye cream. I just bought eye cream from the grocery store like an asshole. I don't know if it's doing anything, but, like, I'm doing my best here. I think you owe it to everybody to, you know, feel your best. And I'm... Getting old, and that's what I'm doing. Also, got the nicest gift of a charcoal face scrub. <laughs> I'm telling you, two days in, works pretty well. Nothing wrong with it. Getting into it. That's going to be my January. Fat season's over, and a little bit of a little bit of spa product thrown in. It's a harder name. Um, boom, 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 boom. Let's end here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, here's how, this is what we're going to do on the show. Instead of, like, here's, because, like, I set this up. I got too much radio in me yet from when I was on the air. I would set the, I set up these phone numbers and all this stuff, like, you could interact with me live. But you don't listen to this sometimes until months later. And by the time you weigh in on something, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And it's happening too often because the show's getting some legs, which is super cool. I'm not bitching. I want you to do what you're doing. But here's what we're going to do. You leave a voicemail on the show or an email or whatever, and then I'm just going to randomly pick a couple. But, like, I prefer voicemail, though. That seems kind of most fun. So, like, you want to weigh in. We're just going to – we'll play – I'll batch them all up, and then we'll just play them at the end of every episode once they start to save them up a little bit. And then, you know, we'll just go through them. And that's how you can get on the show. How do you do so? Well, I'm telling you, fella – you go to MurdochJones.com, and then there's a cell phone number right on the top there. You can save it right in there at 605-340-0811. But I'm not going to – I can't interact during the – now. You know, or not like during the show. We're going to do a live show here once we kind of get it together in January, I think. But, like, I'm by the time you listen, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because I have a terrible memory. 
<laughs> and so I'm having trouble keeping up with all of you, and I'm feeling very guilty about it. So now, instead of trying to answer you individually, I'm just going to put what you want on the show, and that's about going to be it. Because that's about all I, you know, got a real job too. So like 605-340-0811. Any, you want to bitch at my dumb shit, you bitch at my dumb shit, but you just do it that way. And then I'll play it, and then we'll hash it out. That's how we'll do it. All right. Let me see if my boys have answered here. Hey, look at this. Turns out I have the legs to wear a kilt. I somehow find that shocking. I need more of my friends. Well, I got one. One out of five is not a consensus. I don't believe I do have the legs for a kilt. Um, okay. So the last stories from El Sister bombed because I did some fact-finding on the missing Jesus. The case of the missing Jesus on the nativity scene was not a multiple case. It was only a one-year thing. So that was a lot less funny. I guess I don't remember that as well as it actually happened. But I do like that I fact-checked it instead of just kind of willy-nilly throwing it out there. That means I'm keeping my stories from El Sister true. So in replacement of the, of, the, of the bomb caper, I will give you two embarrassing stories from my life. Growing up, one of which is a story from El Sister. So here we go. If you don't know how this works, I grew up in a sleepy little town of El Sister, South Dakota, home of 750 friendly people. And a lot of it was pretty good, but, you know, some of it makes me go, oh, that's fucking weird. And here's a story about my hillbilly roots. When I, I believe I was in fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, right around the time where you start trying to kiss girls. I got a bow for, I don't know why, it wasn't birthday, I got, but I got a bow and arrow. We're big hunters growing up. Still like to hunt a little bit. Don't, you know, not as much as I used to, but like for a while I was super into it. Shot that bow all the time. Constantly rabbit hunting. So we lived on kind of the little, late. first off, you can generally, you know, carry a bow or a gun around in Elsister at the time and it wasn't that big of a deal. Like not all the time like a weirdo, but like if you were just carrying a bow down the street, it wasn't that big of a deal. Small town. <laughs> but like, I got this bow and it was it was awesome that my parents got me this really nice bow and I was constantly hunting rabbits around like we lived on the edge of town so I would be like hunting rabbits all the time. Well, you know, I couldn't find any rabbits one day so I'm stalking a little closer to the home and like there was this senior citizen kind of uh not even senior citizen, just like an apartment complex that kind of was next to our house a little bit. Like not a when you think apartment complex, you think like a big apartment complex. This is like not a duplex, but not not much bigger than that, really. And I'm, like, hunting rabbits in this tiny little town, and I'm not really paying attention because I'm a stupid kid. And <laughs> and I finally see this rabbit, and I pull back, and, and, and so you draw the bow, and you line up, and you aim, and I shot. And I missed the rabbit. It went right over the rabbit, and it bounced on the cement that was behind the rabbit. And then it went into somebody's living room window. And, like, they were in the living room. And it, like, hit a thing. If it was, it could have, like, it, three inches to the right, that could have went through that window and, like, stabbed somebody. Oh, my God. What if I would have killed? I don't even remember whose window it was. But, like, not once did I think, hey, there's a window behind you. That was the last spanking I genuinely remember. Like, I remember being too old to get spanked, but also deservedly I had that spanking coming. <laughs> That's generally, let's see, I had to be 11 or 12-ish, I suppose, and, like, a thousand percent understood, like, 
I'm not, I'm too old to get it. I'm I'm damn near, you know. I'm a, I'm a bit away from shaving here. I'm not sure I really need to be getting a spanking anymore. It's but it's not quite can't kick it can't can't punch them in the face territory. There's I'm still young enough where you can't you know it's like the old school cops. You had to hit me with a phone book so I didn't leave any marks. But you had to hit them with a phone book because you had to do something. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. Um. Okay. So then I'll, I'll so I'll tell you an embarrassing. So I have a very uh, uh, um I have a thing about smells. This is this is this is my embarrassing story that is payback. Um, for bombing the story of male sister, like very strong smells. I, I, the wrong smell sends me over the moon and I react poorly to it. Perfumes and certain candles are particular, uh, stressful. And like, I know it's a little psychotic, like I can deal with it if I would just grow up a little bit, but they just drive me crazy and they make my eyes runny. And I just, it just, it's something about certain strong smells are I, I get very reactive about and 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 I will admit I am a little dramatic about it but here here's so here's the problem I was in a motorcycle industry for a number of years and at the time in the motorcycle industry in a number of years you wouldn't believe how many gentlemen's establishments you would walk into to hang out with everybody and like setting aside all the moral stuff on that you know Turns out for a few years, I was in a lot of titty bars. Not particularly proud of it. It just happened. You know, any idea how many times around, like, <laughs> around a table full of, like, people that, you know, at the time I was tr- kind of half trying to impress, right? God, it was so stupid. And, like, a stripper would come by and, like, do do – so if those of you who don't know – in 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 the in the in the strip club world you sit down and you have a drink and occasionally strippers will roam the halls like lions hunting looking for a weak gazelle to sell a lap dance to and so you know they're doing their thing and they're hey would you like a lap dance blah blah blah. and one of them would have like a perfume strippers wear a lot of perfume i mean strippers just wear a lot of perfume i get it you probably need to wear a lot of perfume there's you rubbing on a bunch of gross dudes you probably need to wear a lot of perfume. Get it, 100%. But, like, I'm not one of those gross dudes. First, I don't want you to rub it on me. I'm just here because I'm here. I don't mind it. I think, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a prude. I enjoy sexy things. This is just not one of those things to me. Secondly, you're wearing so much perfume, you could kill plants with it. I can smell some of these people from, like, across a room in a packed strip club. And in a strip club, there's 40 of them wearing this perfume. So often I would have to just leave. I would have like a perfume panic attack. <laughs> I have never told anybody this ever out loud ever in my life, I don't think. Oh, my God, it's embarrassing. So from time to time, you know, everybody in this big, bad motorcycle industry is trying to be a badass, right? And I'm trying to fake it because I am not a badass at all. And, <laughs> and like from time to time, the strippers would smell so strong, I would have to go outside and get some fresh air. I think I started smoking cigarettes because of that, honestly. Because I would just go outside because I would be, like, having a panic attack from all the smells. And, like, that's my nightmare. 47 strippers, for, get the fuck away from me. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do at the time was what I was thinking. Can't uh, sue the cigarette companies for that. I could sue the strip club companies. But, honestly, the better opportunity would have been to just not work in that industry. And it would have been a lot better. 
Um, all right. There's some embarrassing stories about me. Hopefully you enjoy them. Don't forget to support my sponsors. Go to book of, uh, I'm sorry, go to murdochjones.com. Click on the book VIP link. Save yourself 80 bajillion percent or whatever it is right now on your next vacation. Or go to onit.com slash Murdoch for 15% off your first order. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great Christmas. Fat season's over. You got to quit it. Like, all the shit is still around. There's still all the cookies, and there's still all the candy, and there's still the eggnog, and now there's going to be, you know, all that shit's going to go on special at the grocery store. They're going to try to get you for a month. Don't set a New Year's resolution. Just understand that fat season's over. Just every time. This is what I'm doing. Just for a while. Not be a lunatic about it, but, like, walk by that thing of cookies, and you're like, God damn, Christmas cookie sounds good right now. I'll just have one little cookie. Can't do it. You just got to chug a glass of water quick. That's what I'm trying to do. Just for a couple of days, like the methadone. It's just, I'm, just, I'm going into sugar cookie rehab for, a, for maybe a week at the most. Just to, you got to clean it, clean it all out a little bit. Fat season's over, man. Time to buck up. You got to, you're like, think about, think about this. This is what I, I found a tattoo that I would like to get, but I promised myself I would not get any tattoos until I hit a certain level of weight. And so that is my small, I'm just going to reward myself with a nice small tattoo just by being good for a couple of months. Find the thing. You don't have to do it for a year. Don't try, don't change your life. Don't, don't, don't buy the expensive thing unless you can afford it, then buy the thing, whatever. But like, you know, fat season's over. It's not that hard. You just got to understand fat season's over. And then February, we'll come up with something else. And you don't have to lose it all in one month. I'm, again, mostly talking to myself here. This is just my own pep talk. Oftentimes, this show is just my own therapy because it's cheaper. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm a little bummed that I ate too much food during the holiday season, but it's crazy December, and here's what I'm taking from it. I also got to see some people finally, and I got to, you know, got to have a good Christmas, and it just, you know, felt good to eat a bunch of bad food for a month. And, like, now that that's over, I'm not saying it's all kale all the time, but, like, you know... At least fat season's done. Nobody needs that many cookies. Occasional cookies. <clears throat> Look at me. Doling out advice like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I appreciate you listening. Watch that Quentin Tarantino movie and have a happy new year. And I will see you in 2021. Let's hope to Jesus Christ the aliens don't come in the next two days. And pending that, I'll see you next year. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as... Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producers, Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share.
and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.